Film and television, merely entertainment, right? No. There's so much more to film and television that changes our perspectives. And as a result, we can have different, either realistic expectations or non-realistic expectations about what life is really like. Whether it be horror that helps us develop a habit of turning every light on in the house, or a comedy that helps us relieve tension in the saddest times of our life. I want to go in the Wayback Machine and find out exactly what movie helped shape you. I'm Oma Shadi, and welcome to the Between the Bannisters podcast. Hey, folks. So uh, we're back again with the Between the Bannisters podcast. Hope everyone had a great holiday. Um, I'm very excited to uh, talk about this uh, film today because we are back to films. And I'm very excited to talk to this individual, uh, Mr. Jonathan Melikidze. So a little bit about Jonathan before we get started. So Jonathan is a Maui-based screenwriter originally from Los Angeles. His scripts dive into often ignored parts of life, such as homelessness, mental illness, zealotry, and broken families. Mama's Benz, Jonathan's directorial debut, was selected for the Made in Hawaii Film Fest in 2020. Driftwood is an Austin Film Fest second rounder and nickel top 10% feature drama and is in pre-production. Welcome, Jonathan. Say hello to the kids. Hello. <laughs> that's my that's my cue into uh, what we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> So what are we, tell the kids what we're talking about today, because I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. We're going to talk about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And to me, this was, yeah, this was the Holy Grail of comedies for me growing up. So tell me why you loved it. So, I mean, it's, so it goes into, okay, going back a little bit, my childhood was kind of funky. You know, it was restrictive when I was young. I was youngest of five and we had a, um, just a tight upbringing, not a, not a lot of, uh, you know, comedy was ex- kind of limited to like the uh, Hope and Crosby road movies and stuff like that. So good, clean, fun and all that stuff. Uh, when my parents separated and my mom had a chance to sort of experience more for herself, her second husband introduced us to Monty Python. And actually I saw Life of Brian before I saw Holy Grail, um, which was, it just blew my mind because coming from a restrictive religious background to all of a sudden throwing farce at um you know sort of all the tenants that restricted me i was like wait a minute there's a whole new world out there this is totally different and then getting to holy grail um i mean it's just lunacy all the way across the board i think i saw it when i was like eight years old and seeing an eight-year-old and and seeing you know guys getting arms chopped off yet still talking and 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 trying to fight and you know, f- f- people with bad French accents yelling down at a fake English king, um, witches dressed up with carrot noses. I mean, it was just right up my alley. <laughs> there's so much visually going on, just even in that scene that you're talking about. But just there's so much going on in that move uh, in the in the film, and it's there's so much physical comedy and there's timing. Is one thing that I think just makes a really, really great comedy. And that entire troupe had just spectacular 
timing in a lot of its scenes because there's so much that you watch it over and over and you'll notice more stuff, but there's so many quotable lines in it and it's things that have really seeped into our culture. But oh, how do you feel that this film, how would you say that it shaped you? Well, so, I mean, for better or for worse, it, it put me at a point where I can't take anything too seriously. And we've even had, uh, you know, emotional moments in the family where we can't even have a serious moment. We all just start making jokes and start laughing. And I think Monty Python screwed us up like that. <laughs> we can't even handle a, a poignant <laughs> moment in the family without, you know, without just making fun of it. Um but it has taught me to to laugh at um, just about anything, and that as serious as something can be, you could you could have fun through it. Um, it's also shaped my my comedy sensibilities um, with my writing quite a bit. So, you know, I, I just love this, the silliness, and it's absolute silliness. It's there's not no other way to put it. What do you feel is you know I can't you can't really pick like one because I almost. <laughs> Some people like, oh, tell me what your favorite part is in the movie, or tell me what your favorite part is in the show. What can you give me your top five scenes <laughs> from the film? And from go on as long as you need to. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's 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 like relentless. I mean, look, it starts off with them coming up over the hill, and you think they're on horses, and they're just using, you know, coconut shells to make horse sounds. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, at the time, I don't even realize that that's a budget thing, that they can't just afford horses. So they just like, well, okay, we'll just use coconuts and pretend like we're riding horses, right? But then they carry that joke throughout the film. So that, I mean, that that right there just tells you what you're getting into. Um, I would say I often go back to the witch scene as one of my favorites, um, because I, I think like you were saying, it shows, it, it really shows how well Monty Python work together as actors. Their, their timing is unbelievable. Their, their pacing, their, and just, again, the absurdity of the words. I mean, they're going through the whole process. Like, how do you know she's a witch? Well, she dressed me up or, or, or um, she turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, where does that come from? How do you know she's a witch? She looks like one. <laughs> they dressed me up like this. No, we didn't. Looks like one. <laughs> well, we did do the nose. And the hat, but she's a witch. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so, so, I mean, from the witch, it, it's just, it's the constant banter. And, and even like you said, there are lines that you pick up even farther down the road. There's, there's one moment where um, Bedivere and, and King Arthur are, are galloping and it's from like, it's like a transition scene. And Bedivere says, one of them says something like, you know, tell me again, how a, how a yak spider may be employed to prevent earthquakes or something like that. And I'm like, wait, what was that? Like, how does this, where does this even come from? So, yeah, I mean, but a million, the, 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 um, you know, the Black Knight with the, uh, <laughs> you know. my, which is my son's absolute favorite. Well, look, part when you're a kid, that. When you're he a kid, will watch you're that watching... part incessantly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what's his favorite thing? Is it that he's getting his arms and limbs chopped off and he still wants to keep on fighting or? Is it yeah, the, he's uh, just like so nonchalant about it. He's like not taking no for an answer. He's ready to just throw down. And with what exactly? Like, and in the end, he's like, yeah, run away. <laughs> run away from it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll come back. It's, I'll it's bite your legs off. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Bleed on me? <laughs> just a flesh wound. That's the thing. Like, just a minor flesh wound is everybody knows what that is. My mom still uses that. That's what I say. Like, 
Yeah. My, my mom <laughs> will still use that line. I love it. And it could be as little as a series as as a real accident or really something you should probably go to the doctor and look at. And there's somebody somebody will say that. And I think that's what's so funny about these movies, especially. And even if you're you're getting into like Life of Brian, is the fact that there is it looks so arduous everything that everybody is doing because of budget, because of mm-hmm. you know just trying to land something or landing a joke that might have to go the long way around in order for it to land. Um, right. What is it about the styling of this movie or? where you take that type of budgetary concern to your own films. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a huge thing. Um, one of my last scripts I intentionally wrote knowing that I have, you know, virtually no budget. And, and so when you start looking at, you know, Oh, I want to have a car here. I want to, you know, do a, a small stunt. All of that adds money to it. Right. And Monty Python were, you know, to a certain degree in that same constraint. So, you know, they're wearing wool suits in the middle of freezing cold, wet weather, and they're just freezing cold during this. Um, from what I was reading that the hotel that they had barely mm-hmm. had hot running water, you know, so they're suffering through shooting this, but you don't see it while they're on set. You know, and and then, you know, you've got right. I'm, I'm trying to think of some other things that they did aside from the horses, obviously, and the coconuts to save money. But I mean, you look at the set pieces and you wonder, like, there must have been millions and millions of dollars for this. But there really wasn't. I, I should look up the budget at some point, but I, I haven't recently. But it's 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 to be able to do this and put on this much of a spectacle when really it's just a glorified LARPing movie. Because that, that's really what they're doing. It, this is just LARPers and it's an expanded LARPing world. And they end up crossing paths with a historian who's doing a report on the same subject they're LARPing on. And of course, one of the guys goes too far and uses a real sword and uh, ends up hitting the historian. So, um, which is another surreal world <laughs> within this world, right? They, they get to Camelot, you know, it's this big thing. That's he's got the knights and they're going to go to Camelot and there's the whole song and dance. And that's another level of, of budget, right? Is this is almost like a wannabe musical too. You know, there, there are these musical elements throughout it, you know, and the, the Camelot song goes on and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, never mind. Let's not go to Camelot. It's a silly place. And then, you know, the, and then the, the Patsy is like, yeah, it's only a model. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> they're just calling themselves out on it. Well, what's so interesting about that is not only for like just the budget constraints and and they have this idea and they really want to bring this idea to fruition. And and to your point, like they're going through all of these things like the freezing hotel and really kind of going for it. As a filmmaker, are there any places where you might have learned when to say when or when you know a scene's not going to work or something that you wished in this movie they'd done a different way that would have worked better? Wow, that's a great, that's a great question because I really do think they executed so many things well. You know, I the animation bits, the uh, Terry Gilliam animation bits, um, for some reason that like never really clinked with me here, that clicked with me that well here in Holy Grail. Um, you know, I watched a lot of Monty Python Flying Circus growing up and the animation bits in that really, you know, really worked well. And I feel like because he was able to do the animation, it saved them money. And, you know, you have the, cha- the, the chase scene of the, uh, the monster in the cave um, and that, you know, th- they could have done something there live action, but um, to speed things up, 
and to, I guess, save on budget, I'm guessing they just had Gary Gilliam just do a bunch of animation for it and make them run around. <laughs> um, it, that was a bit of a cheat. And it would be interesting to see how they would shoot it comically with, you know, basically props and, and live action. At the same time, the animation adds to the silliness. So if you take out the animation, what, what does this movie look like? Is it, is it totally different? You know, you have the animation of God up in the sky. You have the, uh, the, the fairy tale book uh, scenes kind of cut in between. So, yeah, I mean, I think it all set the tone. I don't think they really, I think they worked with the little they had and, and created a, a full, well-rounded project. I mean, shoot, they had real castles. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yeah, they've actually got they them over there. They a Trojan <laughs> rabbit. I mean, they, bro- they built a Trojan <laughs> rabbit for crying out loud. <laughs> Is there something? I think for me, I'm a I'm an absolute anglophile. Like I love British comedy. Hand, like it's just one of my big things in life that's really brought me a lot of joy from like sitcoms to film and even horror. If we're talking about like Hammer horror and things like that, but is there something about just this film as a whole, or is there a kind of a soft spot that you have for for British comedy as a whole. You know, I was thinking about that. And here's 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 a um, hot take. So Americans <laughs> are enamored with English accents. And so British accent humor is really funny to us because it's in an accent, but we understand the accent really well. And I often wonder if Brits appreciate Monty Python as much as Americans do. And I'm going to say they don't. I'm going to say they recognize the importance of Monty Python and the humor, but what we find silly and, and absolutely lunacy and craziness is in part with their, you know, for the, for Monty Python, their exaggerated accents many times. We find that just silly in and of itself. And I, I feel like, I feel like Brits are like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's like me looking back at Adam Sandler movies. You know, it's like, yeah, there's some funny stuff in there. It's not as funny as the first time I saw it, but I can watch Monty Python movies over and over and over again and still find them hilarious. So that's my hot take. Americans appreciate Monty Python. You know what? I don't think it's too hot of a take because I kind of agree with that. I think that's one of the most ripped off... Also, comedy, places of comedy that Americans rip off. There's so many shows and films that are doing just fine over on (laughs) British soil that America's like, it's going to work so well over here if we just have Americans saying it. Oh, yeah. And there's been a lot of ones that, you know, have done pretty well. And then some that have just absolutely tanked. So I don't think that your take is as hot as you as you think it is. I think there's a All right, I'll come up with a hotter one then. I'll take off. I'll, 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 I'll come <laughs> up with a hotter, hotter take. take by the I'll, end I'll of the Note to self, hotter take is time. No, yeah. Casting was good. Look, these guys all know <laughs> what they can do, right? They totally know what they can do. They they know who can play the old crotchety woman, you know, Dennis, that's some lovely filth over here. You know, and then there's, there's, you know, Graham Chapman, who can play the regal, you know, sort of austere King Arthur, who who's, you know, just the toughie all the way through. King Arthur really didn't have any jokes. Graham Chapman didn't have any jokes. He was the, he was the straight guy in here. And they know that that's his place. Mm-hmm. They know that he's going to be the straight man to everybody else's jokes. And then you got John Cleese, who's playing all kinds of amazing characters. Lancelot, he's just over the top. Um and, and fantastic. But then his uh, his character, Tim, the, the enchanter. I mean, what a performance. Actually, they even say it. What eccentric performance. Uh, 
<laughs> but I, you know, and and I can't remember who played the old man from scene 24. I think that is his accredited name, the the keeper of the bridge of death. Oh man, from scene twenty four. <laughs> that's what that's one of my favorite lines too. They come up to the bridge of death. They're like, "Look, it's the old man from scene 24. <laughs> they must not have had a character name for him. You're gonna have to Google it. Yeah. I feel like if we're talking about how culturally relevant this movie is. Why do you think that it has such a legacy? Is it the one-liners? Is it the fact that it's just all over silly? Or is it something else? Yeah, and, and part I'm going to follow up with my hot take on, on that question. Um, <laughs> Monty Python is to America as Jerry Lewis was to France. Um, that's my hot take. So... All right. Yeah, okay. So the question, the silliness is always going to work. You know, parody is always going to work. And what Monty Python, to me, really what Monty Python does, taking it like a level farther than just, you know, how ridiculous um, and different they were. They're they're all very intelligent people. They're amazing minds. Right. So they're able to take history and and facts and, and science and all of that and poke fun at it. So throughout the Holy Grail, you know, I hadn't seen the movie Excalibur. Um, before I saw Holy Grail. But when I saw the movie Excalibur, Patrick Stewart and Liam Neeson's and and many others, amazing movie. (laughs) But yes, I I said Liam Neeson's. (laughs) It's it's amazing to see what they did with Holy Grail. And then you put it against Excalibur. And it's like, here's this austere, amazing movie about King Arthur and, you know, the, the Sorcerer's Stone story and that whole, you know, mythology and and um and they just ripped it apart they just made fun of it all they, they made fun of science at the time you know they're, they're they're talking about whether sparrows can carry coconuts and stuff and you know or whether a woman you know whether a witch weighs the same as a duck and to them they played it off like this is actual science at the time and to me that's what's brilliant about the whole thing even even life of brian when they you know run a parallel story about false prophets uh, at the exact same time that Jesus was coming to be. I mean, nobody else has done parody of history or or legends or myths to me as well as Monty Python ever did. I don't know if that answered your question. No, that's a great answer. I'm great just, answer, great hot take. I'm just talking. More <laughs> hot takes. Coming up next on hot takes. More with- hot takes. Back up to you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do like a fire emoji after? It. It's like a little graphic. Hot I'll tea. put one. I'll put one right in the uh, the description. <laughs> yeah, just like like a nice Hate. crackling warning. <laughs> warning. Love. You had talked about early about um, how this this movie had influenced even your sense of brevity in difficult situations with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that that has kind of slid its way into your screenwriting too, when your characters are experiencing a depressing moment or something very serious going on? Is that influential on how you you give that sense of lightness to a script going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like my my script Driftwood is very kind of you know it's it's a it's a drama. It's a set in the homeless world, and there is a lot of. Um, you know, emotional kind of core to it and, and very serious subjects. But even within that, you know, when you look at, look, we're all characters. We're all, we're all like, if you stand back and watch people on a daily basis and you watch how we act and, and things we do 
when maybe when we think we're not being watched, we're all we're all just weirdos and 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 we do the weirdest things and, and the silliest Silly. things. And no matter how you know dark or 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 intense or dramatic um, or poignant something is, even in those moments, there's there's comedy. And not that you have to bring out the comedy for the laughs, but there's still just absurdity, right? And so, you know, I try to weave that in there because I feel like without acknowledging that in my characters, I'm leaving out part of their part of their personality. You know, if we just stay a one note, somebody is, you know, sad the whole time or somebody's scared the whole time or somebody's, you know, over the top, you know, you, you have to poke fun at it. And I think even if we poke fun at it in the dramas, it just adds more to to the story. No, absolutely. And I think it's, I love what you said about how, you know, we all are very absurd. Like even if we're playing it straight in life and we're the friend that, you know, doesn't isn't um, overtly obnoxious or over the top or something, there's so many different idiosyncrasies and quirks that we have as human beings that why wouldn't you show that expanse as much as you can um, if you're showcasing a character, which I think is, I think really what you said in the beginning about how it, this movie has made you lighthearted enough to where you you don't have that sense of, not that you don't experience a doom and gloom, um, but it's, you're you're able to kind of lift yourself out of that, which I think is is so funny for and not funny, haha, but it's it's interesting for a movie that's so silly. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> to give Ab- you that interesting character trait. Yeah, and and, and to bounce, uh, you know, back to um, Life of Brian, you know, that's that's one of you know their their ending is the song "Always Look on the Bright Side of Life," and you know, I think that's one of the things that Monty Python kind of weaves into their things is no matter how bad things get, like you've you've got to try to laugh your way through it because. If you can't try to find the the absurdity or at least a little bit of the humor of the situation, it can it can swallow you. You know, it can eat you up. And you know, I we've had plenty of those moments in my family where it's like if we didn't find some humor or find a moment to to laugh, it you know it could have consumed us. We could have let it just bring us down. And I, sure. I think that's one of the things that great comedy, no matter who's bringing it to us. Uh, can do is is really you know shed light into um, dark moments in our lives. Well put, and and um, yeah, because we need that. We need that comic relief. <laughs> we totally do, right? Especially right now. I mean, you know, to, right. <laughs> right now for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you know, to to uh, take a line from the Holy Grail and looking back on uh, 2019 and 2020, I fart in the general direction. They can do <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I was not ready for that. <laughs> hey, I, I had it. I was I trying to swallow it. some tea, Jonathan. Jeez. <laughs> oh. So I always ask everyone this to wrap up a couple of things. Now, I've had talked to actually a, a friend of mine had said that not every movie has one, which I was like, oh, maybe he's right. But as a in your opinion. What do you feel, if anything, that this movie was trying to say? Okay, so yeah, maybe your friend's a little bit right in this, uh, in this, <laughs> at, least in, at least in Holy Grail, but, but 
I, I not life of Brian. Life of Brian was actually specifically trying to say something about um, religion and false prophets. But Holy Grail, I think what they're what they're saying is they're basically saying you know history, legend, mythology, all of that. You can take it as serious as you want, but when they're going through it and they're experiencing it, they had no idea what they're talking about or what they're doing. They were just winging it. And I think that's what Monty Python did with this, you know, with, with their, their pseudoscience and their folklore, you know, kind of riffs. And there's, you know, like, Mo, this movie doesn't mean <laughs> <laughs> I try to come, I try to come up with anything. something. There's, there's, <laughs> It's just plain old. It's trying to tap dance around it. It was sounding really good. <laughs> well, look, I I can I can have that tone, and I can try to make it sound like you know I I can make it sound like it's something important. You know, I could use proper yeah, inflections really <laughs> and pauses in my words, and I could even try to make very important points. But the point is, yes. what I'm saying is nothing. There you go. <laughs> You insincere bastard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Run away. I love it. No, and that's, and that's, it blew, it blew my mind. It blew my mind that my friend was like, and we had just done uh, the Christmas pod. We had done Die Hard for the Christmas pod. Oh, yeah. But he it's was saying, you know, not every movie has to say something to you. Like, it's just going to be what it is. And I was like, what? <laughs> because I'm I'm the overanalyzer where I need to find like a nugget of truth or some kind of, you know, ASAP kind of moral to the story. But I think, you know, you're also right here that it's just it's just a movie about, you know, we had this idea, the C idea is probably pretty funny. We're just gonna joke around and this is kind of what it is. Um and yeah, then watch I mean, us find 20 years later that it was something really, really poignant. <laughs> I, actually, I did, I did, I did uh, figure it out. Actually, going going off of uh, my my earlier point, I think the um, the meaning that Monty Python was going for with this movie is um, LARPing is going to become a very big thing in the future. They knew this back in '75 when they made Holy Grail. LARPing is going to be real, and don't take LARPing too seriously, or someone will get hurt. <laughs> I think that's. I think that <laughs> was their. Uh... <laughs> Word to the wise. Word, Word to the wise. All right. So last question. If you had to explain this movie to someone who has no idea what my Monty Python is, no mm -hmm. idea the cultural phenomenons that mm -hmm. it is pressed into us, mm -hmm. could you do it in a few sentences? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a bunch of English dudes play dress up King Arthur and take it too far. Killing a historian, getting arrested by... Um, Scotland Yard. I think that's what happened. Um, no, it's, it's, look, it's a silly, it's a silly retelling of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table in the search of God's, God's decree to them to find the Holy Grail. And while they're doing it, they find insulting French soldiers, they find killer rabbits, black knights who will not die, and the man from scene 24, which they'll have no idea what that means. So they'll have to watch it. I'm like, what, what, what is that? <laughs> it has witches. It has monsters. It has sword fights. It's amazing. It is amazing. I'm still laughing at the man from scene 24 because you know what it makes me think of? And it has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with it. it. has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's not even close in the genre. It reminds me of threads. There is a woman in threads and her 
her character is the woman who urinates on herself. <laughs> well, that's that's her role. That's that's really that's really funny because tangentially in the Holy Grail, there is um, there is a uh, brave Sir Robin who personally wet himself at the Battle of Bristol. He uh, it, Sir Robin is known for wetting himself and and soiling his armor. So maybe Threads took it from Monty Python. <laughs> oh. That's another great throwaway. See, now, see, that's another great throwaway line. You know, we cracked, we cracked the Da Vinci code. <laughs> when, when the, when the killer rabbit kills the first, uh, you know, the first uh, night, they all run away. And Sir Robin says, you know, would it help if we, if we run away more? And King Arthur says, oh, go and go and change your armor, because <laughs> he, because he <laughs> wet himself again. Because he peed. <laughs> run away. <laughs> Bye. Oh my gosh. I could oh, talk for hours God. about this and I could just recite the whole movie with you if you want. So I know. I feel <laughs> the same way about coming to America. Mm. <laughs> Someone's gonna have to interview me sometime. There we go. I, I will I will but volunteer for this. This has been great. I'm very excited. I'm very excited too. And, very... and seriously, I feel like I left out so many amazing great things in there, but Man, if you've never seen The Holy Grail, I don't know where you've been, but you've got to go see this movie. And uh, if you're a British person, if you're if you're from uh, across the pond, um, yeah, I mean, maybe you still like it or not. I don't know. But us Americans <laughs> think still laughing about the Jerry Lewis note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Monty Python is to Americans as Jerry Lewis is to the French. <laughs> hey, lady. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thanks for oh, my favorite. This movie. has been great, Jonathan. Thank you so much. So tell the kids where they can find you and your work. Oh man. So Twitter is is sort of my my main social media outlet, and that's J Melikidzi. Um, which good luck spelling that. J-M-E-L-I-K-I-D-S-E. Um <laughs> Say that three times. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter. That's where I do all my writing updates and and info and all that. Um, I have a lot of things in the work for 2022. And uh, so I'm looking to share a lot more uh, Driftwood, my feature. And then I'm working on a couple series as well with some other amazing collaborators. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie McKenzie, Twitter. That's where I'm at. I'm on that at... um, Instagram as well, if you want to see uh, mostly pictures of Hawaii, because um, that's about all that I put up there. And, you know, or just give me a call. Yeah. 999 hot take. Give me a call. Give me a call. 999 hot take. <laughs> it sounds like a Martin Downey Jr. like phone number. <laughs> Remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Him and, and Miss Cleo. Oh, snap. Anywho, Jonathan, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Hopefully, I will see your face in a couple of weeks. We'll get back to our happy hours. Yes, but I'm missing the whole great. group. I thank know. you, Mo. This has been amazing. But thank you so much. Yeah, we will see you next week, kids. <laughs>